0: It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with Licensed Nutritionist Darlene Cavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to
1: make the morning last. Well, welcome to Dishing Up Get Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kvist, Licensed Nutritionist this and Certified Nutrition Specialist. Proving. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life-changing nutrition education and therapeutic nutrition counseling. You know, we just experienced a major holiday with sugar and processed carbs lurking at every turn. So I might ask, after eating the Christmas treats, are you now suffering from cravings? You know, if you just shook your head yes, rolled your eyes and said to yourself, that's me. Then you're not alone. Today, we're going to talk about the actual science of cravings. That's an interesting term, the science of cravings. Most people understand that the more sugar and processed carbs they eat, the more they want. Well, I think most people understand that. Most of them. But I bet you have never thought that there are scientific facts connected to cravings.
0: Now, Dart, does that mean... That if we understand those scientific connections, we will be able to control our cravings? You know, as soon as I say science or research, my
1: co-host's ears (laughs) light up. So let's (laughs) welcome Brenna Thompson to Dishing Up Nutrition. Brenna is a licensed and registered dietitian and sees clients in our Maple Grove location and also at our North Oaks office. She's also very busy teaching nutrition classes to a variety of corporations and to community groups. Plus... Whenever I need a topic researched, I just turn right to Brenna. Oh,
0: well, thank you. (laughs) So, you're talking about this research. It was, you know, kind of funny you bring that up because I just received a wonderful Christmas gift. It's a new cookbook. Okay. Because what else do you get for a nutritionist? Uh Uh Um, That's right. But in it, it talks about sweeteners. And earlier this month, I did a lot of research on artificial sweeteners. yes. And I did not realize that Splenda, so there's a lot of foods with Splenda in it, mm-hmm. the artificial sweetener, uh, sucralose, and it actually has a glycemic index of 80. And that, that probably doesn't mean much to a lot of people. No. What does that mean? Brenna? No, So that means that if we were to eat a certain amount of Splenda, mm-hmm. it would raise our blood sugars quite a bit. So on a scale of 0 to 100, 80 is a very high Glycemic index. So, what is um, high fructose corn syrup? Because we all know that that's that's not good for us. So, no. high fructose corn syrup is it has a glycemic index of eighty seven. Okay, so, so Splenda pops our blood sugar up. It does, and oftentimes we think of Splenda as being non caloric or it's not going to affect our blood sugars. But we know that when we work with clients who are eating foods that have Splenda or they're frequently eating lots of foods with Splenda they don't lose weight, they gain weight and it mm-hmm. just messes with their metabolism and it makes them crave more. And if they're diabetic, it doesn't makes control their, their blood blenders. sugar go up. Yes. So. Mhm. Yes. So good research. You learn something new every day. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And in the past, even dietitians, even myself believed that cravings were just a lack of willpower. I didn't understand you know, years, several years ago, before coming to Weight and Wellness, I didn't understand mm-hmm. the power of cravings and how they worked. Um, you know, we just thought of them as an emotional problem. Oh, but,
1: everybody. Is, oh, it's just an emotional problem. Yes,
0: I'm just an emotional eater. We yes. hear that every day in the mm-hmm. office. But now, I understand and we understand that there is a biochemical reason or a connection to these cravings. So as dietitians or nutritionists, our job is to help clients determine that biochemical connection And sometimes there are several biochemical connections.
1: Yes, and sometimes it takes a while to sort all those connections out
0: for people. Exactly.
1: You know, a food craving is actually a compulsive and uncontrolled desire to frequently eat a particular food, such as sugar. (laughs) Sugar. (laughs) You know, and usually, yes, it is usually sugar, chocolate, or some kind of processed food such as cereal, crackers, chips. Or even fast food. This is, now think about this. This is actually compulsive and uncontrolled desire to to frequently eat these things.
0: Yes. Not once a year, but frequently. No, frequently, weekly, daily. And clients have told me that it seems as though their fast food cravings take control of the steering wheel as they're driving home and they suddenly find their car going through their favorite fast food lane and of course, once you're in that lane, you have to order. So have you ever heard that one from a client? I have. I, I've heard it many, many, times. Yes, yes.
1: Yes. So there are so many misconceptions about cravings, and I think we've heard them all. And we want to share some of them because the longer people hang on to these misconceptions, the longer they'll struggle with their eating habits. So you got to get rid of those misconceptions.
0: Right. And have you ever said, especially over the holidays... I give in to my cravings to reward myself for eating healthy the rest of the time. I think,
1: I bet if people are listening today, I bet they can say, oh, Mm -hmm. I said that
0: one. I did say that one. Or maybe we say it on a weekly basis if we're at the grocery store and we say, oh, I bought my broccoli, so I'm going to go get the tub of ice cream. That's right.
1: So as a nutritionist, I, I look for the biochemical reason this client is experiencing cravings. And so here are some possible biochemical connections because we're we're trying we keep saying this biochemical connection because we want to replace that thought that people have had in that misconception that people have had in the past that this is just an emotional response it's just poor willpower yes yes
0: no it's biochemical so let's take kind of a hypothetical client here who maybe they are restricting food They're skipping meals to limit their calories. Or maybe they're just living on dried up, overcooked chicken breast and a few chunks of broccoli. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Now, this, that is going to lead to a low blood sugar problem. They're having low blood sugars because they're not eating enough or Mm -hmm. frequently enough. Or similarly, maybe that person simply isn't bringing enough food to work because they didn't plan. They didn't plan. And now they have no food there to eat. And they're not cooking, so they don't have any food to bring to work. Or it's just a big brain chemical imbalance. Mm, we're going get,
1: to gonna get into that one.
0: We are going to get into that one.
1: So for most of us, sugar, fast food, cereal, ice cream, caramel corn, Christmas cookies. Have I hit them all? <laughs> uh, how about pumpkin pie? <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. You know, they turn on the pleasure center in our brain, and what we want is more and more and more.
0: Yes. Now, it's the same area in our brain that gets turned on if we drink alcohol, or the same area of our brain that cocaine users turn on when they use cocaine. It's the pleasure center of our brain.
1: And Dr. Daniel Amen, he's the author of Making a Good Brain Great, He's got many, many different books, but he's, but, yeah. he's got, this is a good book. It, he describes sugar addiction, cocaine, cocaine addiction, alcohol addiction, and shopping addiction as brain-driven behaviors. He says the person's addiction literally hijacks the brain. I yes. love the way he uses words.
0: I like that use of the word hijacks because yeah. that's, that's how I've had clients describe it to me. They say, I want to give up this food. But then if I see it or I smell it or I think about it, it's like all of a sudden they just they lose control. And it all goes back to kind of that,
1: you know, that part in the brain that turns on the pleasure center and almost any addictive substance or behavior can turn that on.
0: Right. And I think people, when we talk about the pleasure center, it's that part of our brain that makes us happy and satisfied or kind of that feeling Mm feel-good feeling there. And many researchers and experts tell us that sugar and processed carbs containing sugar or high-fructose corn syrup are more addictive than cocaine. That's
1: that's just really shocking, I think. It is. Yes. You know, when I was researching this material for this show, Brenna, you know, I called my friend Faye and asked her how she was doing with her sugar cravings and where she thought they were coming from. Faye said as long as she doesn't eat sugar or any foods containing gluten, Mm -hmm. her cravings are under control. Big step. That is a big step. You know, she said she hasn't weighed because she hasn't stepped on the scale. But her clothes are all way too big for her. And she needs to go shopping for new, smaller clothes. What a good way to start (laughs) the year, isn't it? But Brenna, you know what? She said something else. She says she has had cravings all of her life, even as a little kid. So for 70 years, she's had trouble with sugar, her sugar cravings.
0: That is a long time to have sugar cravings. 70 years. Yes. Imagine that. Now, Dar, we do need to think about going to break here. All right. That now, sounds good. <laughs> yes. So you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Today, we're talking about the biochemical causes of cravings. Of course, as dieticians and nutritionists, we understand that in order to support a healthy metabolism and to keep cravings in check, it's necessary to eat healthy animal protein several times a day. So we've invited a rancher to the show today who raises grass-fed beef on a 75-acre farm northwest of St. Cloud and sells her better beef at the farmer's market and local co-ops. Now, did I mention that this rancher is not a cowboy, but a cowgirl? So stay tuned to listen to Christina Traeger, a lady rancher, describe why grass-fed beef is better beef.
2: Here's a little weight loss math. On any given day, 100 million of us are on a diet and we spend $20 billion a year on books, plans, bills, and surgeries. So how come for so many people, the number on the scale is so upsetting? It's like cholesterol and blood pressure numbers, higher than it should be. Are you looking for a new way to change those numbers? Then let me tell you about the Nutrition for Weight Loss program at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Now think about it for a minute. The approach is called Nutrition for Weight Loss, not feeling too hungry to sleep for weight loss or eating icky bars for weight loss. Nutrition for Weight Loss teaches you how to eat real food to leave you satisfied and in balance, how to use nutrition to naturally bump up your metabolism, it's based on sound science, not celebrities who make millions pitching products. Are you ready to see how it adds up for you? Then dial the number at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. It's 651-699-3438 or go online at weightandwellness.com to sign up for the Nutrition for Weight Loss program.
1: Well, welcome back to Nutrition of Nutrition. Well, we were hoping that Christina Prager was going to call in this morning from her ranch. But at this point, she hasn't. So we'll, we'll come back and talk about grass-fed beef. She doesn't call call in. But I think we'll just go ahead Keep and hopefully here. she'll call in in a few minutes. And right. we'll be able to talk to her in person. So, you know, we've been talking about cravings. And if you've decided to get healthy and lose some weight, You know, might I suggest a great program for you. It's called Nutrition for Weight Loss Program. It includes 12 separate educational classes. And these are more than just educational classes. They're behavior
0: change classes and
1: they're support classes.
0: Which is very different than other nutrition or other weight loss programs. Yes, they are. Mm
1: -hmm. Because you teach them all the time, so you know. I have been teaching them three times a week lately. (laughs) (laughs) And then it also includes a two-hour individual consultation. That's a one-on-one consultation to address, you know, your own personal needs. Like, you know, people that have a lot of cravings, like my friend Frey, or really a slow metabolism. Um, You know, we're really having amazing results with this plan. I can't tell you. I just had an email from a fantastic lady who said, you know, she started the program a year ago. She's lost 107 pounds. Oh,
0: my gosh. But it didn't happen during those 12 weeks. It didn't. No. I don't know.
1: <laughs> it happened over this year. And I think it's just amazing. That is. But we have people that lose, you know, 10, 15, 20 pounds in those 12 weeks. Which That's is right. Great. But they tell, they say more than that. They say much more than weight loss. They say things like, Oh, you know I have more energy that's a big one i don't have the aches and pains mm-hmm. you know those kinds of things so basically the nutrition for weight loss program is designed to turn on your metabolism and reduce your cravings and we have classes starting the week of january 6th at all of our locations and if you want to sign up call 651699 and, or you can go 3438. on 3438. Oh, I forgot that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Keep me going straight here. That's right. Or you can go to weightandwellness.com and sign up online. So, we, yeah. and if you have questions about cravings this morning,
0: then give us a call here in studio at 651 641 1071. Now, Dar, before we went to break, you had mentioned that you wanted Faye to go gluten free. Mm hmm. Because of her cravings. Mm Mm-hmm. What what does gluten do to us that makes us crave more of it?
1: Well, it seems like what it does is it affects um, the intestinal tract, and that's basically where we make our neurotransmitters. So in a roundabout way, it affects our brain chemistry. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so what it does is it turns... It turns on that pleasure center. Gluten does for some people. No, Not for everyone. No.
0: Some people eat a loaf of, you know, a slice of bread and they could care less.
1: Yeah. They might have one a week or something like that. But some people who have had that slice of bread or that muffin or that
0: bagel, then they want more. They want more more and more more and more. And And guess who we have on the line here? All right. We've got Miss Christina. Oh, Good. Good morning, Christina. You're on Dishing Up Nutrition. Good morning. Good morning. So, um, again, just to let people know, Christina, you're a rancher who raises cattle only on grass. And as you describe it, you call it better beef. So, um, can you just explain to our listeners what, you know, grass-fed beef, what the benefits of it are, and just a little bit more about your farm?
3: Sure, I can do that. Okay, Um, good. We've... We've been doing this for 18 years.
1: Wow, that's great, and Christina.
3: We started with just a few head and we have built this into a couple hundred head. Um, we've switched to grass-fed about, I think it was eight or nine years ago, because we noticed that our animals eating corn weren't thriving. They would They would grow, but their health suffered. And so I got doing some research and realized that cows aren't designed to eat grass, They're or to eat corn. They were designed to eat grass. Right. It was designed to take a low-quality feed product and cre- create meat. And, you know, it's something that is available all over the world, and it's something that their evolution has made them to use. So going back to that if things used to be done, kind of seem natural for us.
1: So, Christina, not only are your animals healthier by having them just... Actually, you you just feed them grass all the time. I mean, you don't feed them extra corn or anything else. Is that right?
3: No, we feed hay in the wintertime if, mm-hmm. if we don't have enough stockpiled grass or if we get too much snow. So, And hay is made off of pasture land or uh, fields that... You know we prefer prairie grass because there's multiple species, mm-hmm. but we do feed some other like things like alfalfa and clover, and you know, like you said it's it's grass, okay, yeah, but it's always grass based yeah, you know not a grain based diet,
1: so your animals are healthier, well, so what do you think about the meat the grass fed meat you know well, we all so eat we all try to eat grass fed beef for sure and grass fed meat as much as possible, so as a rancher, tell us why you think it's better. Well, to tell a quick story, um, I,
3: from growing up, I was actually would get sick from eating pork, and I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. And I got a wild idea to stop feeding corn and soy to my pigs to see if that was a problem. And sure enough, even with the pigs and chickens, whatever, it, what we eat does affect what the animals eat affects what their meat quality is, which affects us. And I didn't notice it in the beef right away, but I did notice it with the pork. And it does make a difference. You know, it doesn't matter what kind of animal species you're feeding. It does make a difference. And even though we don't have all the the statistics, the statistics to prove it, it's there.
1: So you are not giving your animals... Antibiotics or hormones, or you know, I know that sometimes uh, I've heard that a farmer that is using the commercial feed and they're in kind of like feedlots. Sometimes those animals are getting uh, eight or nine different kinds of vaccinations, uh, I you know, antibiotics and different things in their feed. And you're not doing that, right?
3: We don't need to.
1: I Our think that's perfect. Mangoes. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, when you start bringing in from all these little closed herds all over the countryside and start putting them into one big pot, just like the school system does with all the kids that are scattered in their own families, and then they all come together into one school building, and all of the um, bacteria from one another can make it back and forth between them all. Somebody might have a little lower immune system, and it passes around to the whole bunch. It happens in the in the cattle industry. It happens in pigs and whatever other industries. It's it's kind of all over, and it all plays true. You know, look what happens after the holidays.
0: Yes, I agree. Right, we've perfect. all been eating foods we shouldn't, and we've all been around lots of family.
3: Exactly, and there's nothing wrong with that. It just has to be, we have to make sure we boost our immune systems as best we can, and by eating healthy, quality foods, we're going to do that. Even though they cost more,
0: you're going to eat less. And, and it's true. Grass-fed beef does cost more, but it tastes better. Definitely. and And it's better for us. Um, Christina, we're going to have to go to break here in about a minute or so. So if people want to contact you in order to buy your beef, how can they get a hold of you, and how would they get that to them? I have a website.
3: It's called grillingmeats.com, spelled G R I L L I N. M E A T S dot com.
1: Grilling dot com. Yes. That should be pretty easy for people to remember.
0: That's a great yeah. website name.
1: And then you um, do you deliver to uh, any of the local co ops here in in Minneapolis, Saint Paul?
3: I actually own a farmer's market privately. I don't have any co-ops I work with presently, but I am contactable through the website. Okay. And I make deliveries on a monthly basis. And if we have a high enough demand and high enough volume ordered, I can come twice a month.
1: Okay. And you are the owner of the ranch, right? Yes. And you're the worker of the ranch, right? That's right. <laughs> well, I think it's great. And, I, we you know, I grew up on an 80-acre 80, 80 farm, and I understand grass-fed and you know, how the different meat tastes when it's raised right. So um, it's been a pleasure having you on today. And uh, I hope people call you up and order
0: lots from you. All right. Well, thank you all very much for having us. Thank okay, you, Christina. Thank you. So, so we do need to go to break here, Dar. Okay. And just to let people know, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. About three-fourths of the population will make a New Year's resolution to lose weight and get healthy. Now, we wish people would first commit to getting healthy, and then their body would be willing to lose the weight. Here is a life-changing comment from a person who took our Nutrition for Weight Loss program in the fall. She said, I wanted to learn to eat healthy, not just follow another diet. I needed something I knew I could do for the rest of my life. I lost nine pounds and six inches, but the best part was my blood pressure decreased. So I made an appointment with my doctor and was able to stop my blood pressure medication. My mood has stabilized, and I have consistent energy. Now, if people have questions about cravings, food, grass-fed beef, just give us a call (laughs) at
3: 651-641-1071.
1: Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Um, You know, we thank uh, Christina for calling in this morning and talking about grass-fed meat. And her website again is grillingmeats.com. dot com. Yes. So, um, and you checked out her website over th- last night, or
0: um, I, when I found out she was going to be on, I checked it out a little while ago, and I we didn't get to ask her about her breed of cattle, but I know it's different than kind of it's a little it's a little short breed. They're kind of cute. Yes, <laughs> they are. They're cute little cows. Uh, but I think if people are looking to Maybe, you know, buy a freezer because that's what we've done this past year is we were able to buy a quarter of a cow and we also have a half a pig in Mm -hmm. our freezer. But all grass fed. It's all grass fed. Happy animals. Um, But it's been I love it because then during the week I can just go down there and I just pull out some ground beef or I pull out a pork roast. I let it thaw and it makes meal planning really easy. Yes. Yes. It's all done. It is. It's all done. I just have to buy the vegetables. Right. Yes. But Dar, we have a question this morning. Okay. Let's take that caller. Good morning, Miss Rita. You have a question for us? Yeah.
3: I am wondering, I've been taking the L-glutamine supplements and I'm wondering, is there any, can you take too much of that and what would the repercussions be of taking too much of it?
1: Well, I don't, I suppose you can possibly take too much, but some people take um, you know, like nine teaspoons a day of L-glutamine. They take a very large dosage. and But we usually recommend like, you know, a couple of glutamine before every meal or uh, if it's in a capsule or like a half a teaspoon or even a fourth of a teaspoon of glutamine because it does, as you probably have already found, helps with sugar cravings.
3: It does help uh, quite a bit. And then um, I also deal with a lot of people... Who um, cancer patients, mm-hmm. and I suggest that they use it as well, sure. um, especially with chemo. And um, is there any? Well, am I steering them in the wrong direction no, for you, you probiotics know, and L-glutamine to get their gut? In no, here?
1: I think that's perfectly great. But with people, if they've had a lot of chemo, you might have to start at a smaller dose. Sometimes I even start with people with an eighth of a teaspoon. Of like bifidobacteria and of of uh, glutamine, it's just because their intestinal tract has been damaged so much, and you don't want them to experience any negative. negative effects from it. You know, like a little diarrhea or something like that. So okay, you know, just start slow and then gradually move up, and that that should be great for them. So okay, perfect. Well, thank per- you very much. Yeah, thanks for the call. That was great. So we were we were talking about. Cravings. <laughs> who had cravings for sugar. 70 years. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things that she said, as long as she doesn't eat gluten. Right. She doesn't have those intense cravings. She's able to manage them.
0: Yes. And as long as she doesn't eat sugar, mm-hmm. she's able to manage them. And Dr. Amen, so we'd mentioned one of his books, and he also has another nice little saying. And he says that when your brain works right... You work right. so it Makes sense. It makes sense. Perfect sense. So if Faye is experiencing fewer cravings, then her brain is more balanced. And if she continues to avoid sugar and gluten, her brain will continue to work right, and she will be able to stay off sugar and continue to lose weight. You know, Brenna, last October, I attended the
1: American College of Nutrition 55th annual conference. 55 years they've been having this nutritional conference. It's amazing. And I listened to an interesting presentation called "Addiction and the Brain," food for thought. This was J- Dr. Joseph Priscilla, and he presented research that showed for that for people with very sensitive brain chemistries, just walking by a bakery mm-hmm. or seeing a TV ad for fast food would turn on their pleasure center in their brain, and cravings would occur. So. Maybe for the same reason that alcoholics should not hang out in a bar. Right. (laughs) Because it turns on their pleasure center. Or making Christmas cookies or caramels is not safe for a sugar addict. No, it's not. But I bet you to say to yourself, I'll be okay because I give all the Christmas cookies away. Or I keep the caramels in the freezer, so I'll be safe. But
0: on the way to the freezer, (laughs) what (laughs) happens? Now, brain chemistry is very controlling, and once that pleasure center is turned on, all the willpower in the world cannot control the urge to eat the sugar, even when people know they will feel terrible after that sugar binge. And that just makes me think of, like, the Auntie Annie's, or Auntie Annie's, the pretzel place uh-huh. in the mall, or the Cinnabon place yes. at the airport. It's like... The smell. That smell. It just, it pulls people in. We lose control over our brain-driven behavior. And for many clients that we work with, they need to avoid these addictive brain food cues.
1: And that's the, I think that's the interesting thing because people don't even realize that that's a cue that is going to turn on that pleasure center. Yes.
0: So making Christmas cookies is not safe. No, because you smell it. And just like an alcoholic can't hang out in a bar, a sugar addict can't hang out near the bakery.
1: So let's take this new science of cravings to the next level. You know, in our nutritional counseling sessions, when we help people control their and conquer their cravings,
0: we assess many different areas. Not just one, but many different things. That's right. We really help balance their eating to balance their blood sugars. And for many, simply doing that, simply getting them to eat enough and balance their blood sugars, their cravings disappear.
1: And I know on our show, we've talked about balancing blood sugars. And that means that you eat, you know, you eat some protein, you eat yeah. some grass-fed meat. Yes. And then you eat some really good vegetable carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. You know, the Brussels sprouts, the broccoli, you know. The sweet potato. Yep. Yeah, and then you eat some healthy fat, like butter or coconut oil or olive oil. Exactly. And that several times a day. And that balances blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And how many times have we heard this in our counseling with people? Oh, I don't have cravings anymore. Right. And that's all they had to do. Exactly. That, it was simple. It was easy. So we also help people balance the good bacteria in their intestinal tract. And that's what this caller was talking about. Mm-hmm. And often removing foods like gluten that the client is sensitive to. And again, for many... Those cravings go away. So like the glutamine and the bifidobacteria taking away the the gluten. The trigger food. The trigger foods.
0: And the cravings are gone. So speaking of trigger foods, we also need to remove food chemicals such as MSG, aspartame, other artificial sweeteners like Splenda, and sugar, of course. And again, these cravings disappear.
1: But for some, there is more work to be done. We need to help turn down and rebalance that pleasure center because one fl- plan or one program doesn't fit everyone. You know, we have found that many uh, there are many, many different reasons clients have cravings and actually different types of brain imbalances. And this is where nutritional counseling becomes complex, but st- Sometimes, you know, the solution is really quite simple once we know the cause. Like balancing blood sugar. Right. Simple. That was easy. Balancing an intestinal tract. We know how to do that. We know how to Some clients, like my friend Faye, just couldn't stop thinking about sugar or thinking about sugar or wanting sugar. You know, she was it was sugar, sugar, sugar all the time, yes. every place.
0: And I think it's important for people to know yes, we can balance blood sugars and we heal the gut, but sometimes people still have cravings. Yes. And for a client who thinks about sugar all the time, we need to support their production of serotonin. And that serotonin is a neurotransmitter or a brain chemical. And when there's a low level of serotonin in the body and the brain, people crave sugar and process carbs, and they often have trouble sleeping.
1: So this is a whole new topic that we're going to get into, and but we're going to do that when we come back from a break that you're going to...
0: Yes, we are. Yep. Okay. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you have not had a chance to take advantage of our 10% discount on supplements, I just want to let you know that today, December 27th, is the last day to get the discount. Also, if you're needing a little inspiration to get back on track, make an appointment with, with one of the nutritionists or take an online class. Sometimes just listening to a class is all it takes to get you re-inspired. All you have to do is go to the website, weightandwellness.com, and click on Online Classes. If you've got questions about classes or supplements, please call 651-699-3438, and the ladies at the front desk will get you all set up. Yes, they will.
2: It's the time of year when everyone wants to diet. The trick is choosing the right one. Now, there are those plans that say, eat whatever you want. Well, that's kind of what got you here in the first place, right? How about getting to the bottom of why you want what you want? Because there was a time when people didn't want that stuff. Mac and cheese, bagels, cookies, chips. Yeah, mostly because they didn't exist. But obesity didn't really either. The challenge these days is to either avoid those foods, which can be torture, or stop craving them, which might sound kooky but is entirely possible, and your best chance for success. The folks at Nutritional Weight and Wellness can help you make it happen without pills, points, or packages. Just real food. It's sciency, not sexy, but you can be. To sign up for Nutrition for Weight Loss, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome
1: back to
2: Dishing Up Nutrition.
1: Now, I am excited for next week's show because we're going to explore how to develop an attitude of wellness. I so believe that when you have that attitude of wellness, suddenly you don't pull into the fast food lane, or you order your coffee with cream and not a mocha, right? or you pick a square of dark chocolate over a Snicker bar. Mm-hmm. You know, this is an attitude of wellness. So I get to explore how we develop that
0: attitude of wellness. This what week. a good topic to start off the new year. And we do have a caller here. Good morning, Ms. Clara. You have a question? I do. I do. Um, for someone who has trouble with um,
3: actually taking in serotonin, mm-hmm. like brain wise, there's like apparently there was a test, there's this, they need certain lengths of neurons or something to take it in. Who might be the best um,
1: person to see that might help them work around that? Which are the nutritionists?
0: Oh my gosh. Oh, any of us? <laughs> any of them.
1: Really? Yes. Okay. I mean, oh, yeah. we, we all, this is a topic that we all know very well. Oh, okay. I didn't know, like, for yeah. depression and, and such, if there was someone that was particularly, that was their area. But anybody. Yeah,
0: anybody. Any, I, any of our staff. Would, and, whatever you need to do to make it uh, convenient.
1: Yes, because of the different locations. Okay. Uh, that's, and everybody's got this down. Yeah. But thanks (laughs) for the call. I appreciate it. Okay. All right. Thank you. So I think uh, this leads into a great question. It really does. How do you nutritionally produce more serotonin? Well, eat animal protein. And if you can eat it grass-fed several times a day. And then another thing that, and when we say several times a day, we need five times a day. Yeah. Especially for people struggling with A lot of cravings. And we are talking about, you know, for snacks, maybe three ounces, for meals, four ounces. Mm -hmm. We get more healthy animal protein in. Right. And then we add a good quality supplement that is called 5-HTP. Now, that's a form of tryptophan. 5-hydroxy tryptophan. And we know that when we eat turkey at Thanksgiving, we produce tryptophan, and that produces more serotonin.
0: And we feel relaxed and and calm. we feel calm, or we're having a huge sugar crash. <laughs> that's that's possible. That's too. Now, if you compulsively think about candy, cookies, mochas, birthday cake bars, sweet rolls, or chips, we would recommend following a balanced eating plan. So exactly what Dar was talking about: eating, you know, protein every two three hours, depending upon the person. And then we also recommend adding about fifty to hundred milligrams of that five HTP before each meal to help reduce cravings.
1: Now, that's what we would do with in, in a uh, consultation. That would be one possibility. Mm-hmm. But there's other possibilities. Many people who lack focus, now this is a different kind of brain chemistry, and are impulsive. You know, they often also have intense sugar cravings. And this type of craving follows more of the typical addiction pattern And these people are usually deficient in the neurotransmitter dopamine, different neurotransmitter. We have lots of different neurotransmitters. At least 200. And dopamine is often called the neurotransmitter of addiction. So when we lack dopamine, Mm -hmm. we have more problems with addiction. Alcoholics and cocaine addicts are often deficient in dopamine, as is many of the people that have sugar uh, cravings.
0: Yes. Now, a big breakfast with four ounces of protein, so maybe two eggs and then two ounces of some turkey sausage or a couple pieces of bacon, that would be really important to support the production of the neurotransmitter dopamine for focus and impulse control. But again, people with low levels of dopamine often experience these addiction problems. And we also know that people who have Parkinson's disease often have Low dopamine. Very low dopamine, yes.
1: So in addition to sufficient protein throughout the day, especially at breakfast, I recommend adding a different supplement. Now, not 5-HTP, but a supplement that's called L-tyrosine. And there's a special form of L-tyrosine that helps with focus and to reduce intense sugar cravings. It is called anacetyl L-tyrosine. And it is the activated form of tyrosine And I think it works the best for most people.
0: And some clients that we've worked with have behaviors that would indicate that they have low levels of both serotonin and dopamine. Very frequently. Yes. And we certainly recommend 12 to 14 ounces of animal protein throughout the day. And we add a supplement called Crave Control Plus, which contains both the 5-HTP and the N-acetyl-L-tyrosine. Say that 10 times fast. (laughs) And magically, and we hear this from so many clients, they start taking it consistently and their sugar cravings, their carb cravings go away. And, you
1: know, I formulated Crave Control Plus many, many years ago, and it was from working with people that have a lot of cravings. And I would always have them taking all these different supplements. And and then I said, oh, can't we just put this in one capsule so (laughs) that we can help people faster and it's going to be easier for them? And that's why we did Crave Control Plus.
0: That's a good reason. Now, of course, you have to stop eating sugar because sugar and artificial sweeteners block the cell receptors so that you can't use the serotonin that you just made.
1: So, you know, it's kind of interesting. This is, gets to be a little complex when you're working with people. It does. This is, I I find this is very interesting nutritional consulate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's more than just... Um, protein carbohydrates and fats. It is. Yeah. So, yep. You know, some of listeners may struggle with you know, with focus and many clients also talk about being scattered, having trouble getting things done, not really planning meals, and what they're just doing is they're just grabbing foods on the go.
0: There's no rhyme or reason to their life. It's just it's just all over the place. It is. Yes. And that's a very different type of brain problem that needs a very different program. And when we have clients like this, yes, we're working on serotonin and dopamine, but it's like these types of clients with this type of brain chemistry, this scattered brain, they need frequent, sometimes weekly support to really keep them on track. But I think one of the things that I know that one of the things that Dr.
1: Amen has been saying over and over and over lately is that You can change your brain chemistry by what the nutritional habits and your lifestyle habits. Mm -hmm. So that if you're exercising and you're eating right, you are and you're eating the way that we say, which means, you know, the protein, the healthy fats, the healthy carbohydrates, you eventually change that brain chemistry and you don't have those cravings.
0: Yeah. Now, Di, we do have a caller. Okay. Can we... Take her real quick. Okay, quick. <laughs> All right. Good morning, Miss Chris. You have a question? Um, yeah. You guys were talking
3: about aspartame and, um, like, Splenda not being something to to use. I'm wondering if stevia is okay or Ste- I don't know how to pronounce stevia.
0: Stevia. Stevia. However you pronounce yeah. it. <laughs> it's yes. it. Go ahead, Brown. I think for a lot of people, it's a good transition. I think um, they're, yeah. I think Stevia's fine. I have clients every once in a while who stevia still triggers. Sugar cravings, but it's much better than Splenda. Yes, so, so just okay. be a little careful with it.
3: Mm-hmm. And then, um, I'm a teacher. You guys mentioned having the protein and the and um, the fat and the carbohydrates. Can you give examples of like a protein that I could keep that would be easy for me to eat during the day? I don't get I don't get a lot of breaks teaching.
1: Well, some people make a protein shake, you know. Okay. and and if you go on our website, weightandwellness.com, dot com, we've got a great one there. Uh, okay. Otherwise, you know, just maybe a piece of cheese, a half an apple, and some almonds.
0: Oh, that's a great idea. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Okay. You're welcome. Thank great. you.
1: <laughs> so as we were talking about cravings, there are many different reasons for sugar and processed carb cravings. Yes. You know, in fact, if you've experienced more cravings in the last two or three weeks, and I've heard this already from clients, mm-hmm. it may be due to our cloudy sky. You know, we've had... Very little sunlight these past few weeks. And if you're not taking sufficient vitamin D, you may be experiencing seasonal affective disorder or SAD. And you feel like crawling under the covers with With a a brownie (laughs) and never coming out. Right.
0: And that's the reason that we encourage people to make sure that they're maintaining an adequate vitamin D level between 50 and 70. And that's kind of our safe range. And that might mean that you get your vitamin D levels checked twice a year. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a good idea, Brenna. Minimum once, but I think it's good if people get it done twice.
1: So if you were one of those people at the beginning of the show that said cravings, 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 weak, weak will. If it weren't for my cravings and weak will, it would be easy to eat right and be thin.
0: It's my weak will that gets me in the way of my success. But now you know that it's not your weak will, but a biochemical imbalance that we can help rebalance. Sugar cravings are complex. It's a very complex nutritional topic, just like alcohol is a very complex brain imbalance, or depression is a very complex brain disorder. It just can't be willed away. It takes working one-on-one with a knowledgeable nutritionist who can guide you on how to change your nutrition to change your brain. So Happy New Year, and thank you for listening. It's petals on me. Life, I love you. All Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.